Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Johnny Dollar. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you as you're making your travel plans to remember johnnydollarair.com. johnnydollarair.com is a Priceline affiliate. Link so part of the purchase price supports the great detectives of old time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, when making your travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Adam Graham. The original air date, December the 8th, 1953, and the title is The Barton Baker Matter. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment presents for your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Deller. Johnny Maxwell, Johnny. Oh, hello, I Mr. I got a Max... job for you. We insure oh, that's Mr. Well. Frank Meadows lives in Newport, California. He was killed last night. Oh, is Shot Max... to death. How long will it take you to pack and catch a plane? Oh, it's... Look a... up Lieutenant Sullivan, Newport Police, when you get there, Johnny. Yeah. Have I'll... a good trip. Yeah, I'll try, Mr. Maxwell. <laughs> The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund in a transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum present these weekly adventures of Johnny Dollar because they know that millions of you enjoy Johnny Dollar. That's true of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, too. It's enjoyed by millions, day in and day out. People find that chewing on a smooth, delicious piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum somehow makes time pass more pleasantly. Whether you're working, driving, shopping, or just taking things easy, that good, tasty chewing gives you enjoyment and satisfaction. So always keep a package of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. And whenever you want a refreshing, delicious treat, chew a stick. You'll like it. You really will. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office Universal Bonding and Indemnity Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Barton-Baker matter. Expense account item one, $195.80. Plane fare and incidentals from Hartford to Los Angeles. I arrived at International Airport at 11 the morning of the 26th and rented a car there. An hour later, I was pulling into Newport, a sea town not far down the coast. At the police station, I met Lieutenant Solomon, and we discussed the case. Frank Meadows ran a boat chartering service. Did you know him? Yeah. Excuse me. Open a window. Sure has been hot the last couple of days. Like a cold drink or something? No, no thanks. Well, we got a report on the shots, and when we got there, Frank was dead. Shot three times. He had a gun been fired twice. Obviously shot it out with somebody. Any suspects? His partner, Dave Geller, owned the boat with Charlie. What makes you think Geller did it? Well, don't know for sure, but he's missing. Disappeared. Nothing else? No. But it's the only thing we've got to go on. 
Any reason why Geller would kill Meadows? None that we know of. I know Dave as well as I did Frank. They always seem to get along, never heard of any argument. But you know how those things are. A couple of guys get along fine for years, and then some little thing comes yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Might be a woman. Just a woman or some particular woman? Frank has a wife. And Geller? No, he's not married. What's Mrs. Meadows like? Well, you got to talk to her anyway, don't you? Yeah. Then you can see for yourself. I'd say she was the kind that might cause a lot of trouble under the right circumstances. But that's only a personal observation. You might not think so at all. Here's the address. Well, thanks, Lieutenant. I'll let you know. Do that. Ten minutes later, I was pulling up to a pleasant little house that faced the bay. Mrs. Meadows met me at the front door. I don't generally make snap judgments, but at first sight, I was inclined to go along with the lieutenant. Mrs. Meadows was very attractive. Tan, blonde, and could have been in mourning, but I doubted it. Even though her tight bathing suit was black. I introduced myself, and she showed me into the living room. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Thank you. You'll have to forgive me. I've been getting some sun. Oh, I don't mind. I practically live in a bathing suit during the summer. Surprised the beach isn't more crowded. You're from the insurance company. That's right. I was sent out to investigate your husband's death. I'll be glad to help any way I can. I'd appreciate it. How much was my husband insured for? Don't you know? I have no idea. I knew he had insurance, but I never knew how much. 25000 That much? Should buy you a lot of sun. When will I get it? Well, in a case like this, a murder has to be a complete investigation. And it's generally considered proper to bury the deceased before issuing a check. Uh, by the way, when is the funeral? It was this morning, at 8 o'clock. What do they do, dump them off a surfboard? I don't think I like that, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I'm just being a little sadistic. I always get that way when I see someone so broken up. Would it be better if I stayed in the house for a week and wore a black veil? Oh, no, no. But a little emotion would seem more natural. Would it help if I cried? Help who? Mr. Dollar, my husband's dead. Anything I might do wouldn't bring him back. If you don't approve, I'm afraid that's just too bad. Who do you think killed your husband? I have no idea. The police suspect his partner. I guess it's possible. Dave's missing. Can you think of any reason why Dave would kill your husband? They didn't get along too well. Lieutenant Solomon says they got along just fine. And I see they didn't. I think I know more about it than Lieutenant Solomon. Okay. Suppose you tell me why they didn't get along. They just didn't. They disagreed a lot. Over anything specific? Mm, not particularly. The boat. Things in general. They'd known each other for years. Been partners for nearly ten. Friendships wear thin sometimes. Before they left on the trip, they had an argument. About what? Frank didn't tell me. Just came home and said he'd had a fight with Dave. The next morning, they left. Following morning, when they returned, Lieutenant Solomon called me and said Frank had been killed. Where did they go? Down the coast after Yellowtail. Who chartered the boat? No one. They went alone. Well, thank you, Mrs. Meadows. 
If you happen to hear from Dave, get in touch with the police, will you? It was going on four o'clock when I left Mrs. Meadows standing in the doorway in her black bathing suit. I drove to a motel on the bay and was shown to my room, where I called Lieutenant Solomon. I wanted to take a look at the boat. You'll find it at Carlson's Landing, the J-Belt. Mrs. Meadows says her husband and Geller went fishing for yellowtail. Yeah. They catch any? If they did, they didn't bring them back. No fish on the boat. Maybe they didn't really go fishing. Got any ideas? No, not a one. Just a guess. Trying to create a motive. What do you think of Mrs. Meadows? Oh, very attractive. But not a good enough motive? I didn't say that. I was just trying to come up with a better one. If you do, let me know. After meeting Mrs. Meadows, it won't be easy. You having her watched? If Dave Geller tries to contact her, we'll know about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, where's a good place to eat? You like seafood? Oh, by the ton. Try the restaurant right next to your motel. Rio Marina. Steam clams are great. Lieutenant, you have just created a glutton. Expense account item two, $6.50 for a seafood dinner. While the bucket of clams digested, I drove to Carlson's Landing, where I located the J-Bell, Meadows and Geller's trim little fishing boat. A full moon was out over the Pacific, and the J-Bell rocked gently with the motion of the tide. The landing was deserted, except for a big gray cat that scurried onto one of the other boats as I walked past. I stood looking at the J-Bell for a minute, listening to the sounds of the ocean... Then I climbed aboard. The hatch leading below to the cabin was unlocked, so I opened it and went down the short ladder. The moonlight sifted in through the starboard porthole, but the rest of the cabin was in pitch darkness. I felt around for some kind of light. Stay right where you are. Huh? Don't move. I got a gun. Okay. I can see you. If you move a finger, I'll kill you. Okay, okay. I'm not moving. Well, what happens? Do we stay here all night? No. Better take a look at you. I don't want to make a mistake. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Light switch is right behind you to your left. But keep facing me. Just reach back. You thought so. You thought so what? Baker sent you. Baker? You're not a cop. I know the cops in town. You must be Dave Geller. You know I'm Geller. Look, my name is Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. Sure. I'll show you my credentials. Keep your hands at your sides. I'm telling you the truth. I work for the Universal Bonding and Indemnity. Your ex-partner was insured with us. Turn around. Put your hands over your head. Look, I'm telling... You look. I'm not kidding, mister. Okay. Now put them out in front and lean on the bulkhead. My wallet's in the inside left coat pocket. Insurance investigators always carry guns. Well, most of them take them off when they go to bed. That's very funny. I'm glad you liked it. You'll find the permit for the gun in the wallet, and the wallet is still Shut in up. my ins. You satisfied? Turn around. But keep your hands up. Well, you saw the identification. Okay, sir. You're an insurance investigator. Still doesn't help me. Just what kind of help were you expecting? None. I mean, now I got to do something with you. Can't let you go back to the police and tell them you found me. They'll nail you sooner or later. They want you for murder. Yeah, I know. Why did you kill him? I didn't. 
Then what are you hiding for? That's none of your business. All right, now we're back to me. What happens? You'll just have to stick around for a while. Sure. Hold it. What's the matter? Somebody's coming. Turn off that light, quick. You just stay where you are and don't make a sound. Probably the police. If it is, you're going to take me out of here. For a guy who's innocent. Shut up. Just... Right outside the boat. Sure, it's all right. Yeah, I thought so, too. Maybe your hunch was right. Listen, I can only say it once. Something happens to me, get to Bernie's garage, understand? Bernie's garage? Come aboard. What do I do at Bernie's garage? I don't know why I'm trusting you, but I gotta trust somebody. Tell Bernie I sent you. Ask him for the toolkit. The toolkit? And I didn't kill Frank. Look out, I'm going topside. He went up the ladder and out on deck, holding his gun in front of him. I thought about trying to stop him, but he moved too fast. And besides, he had my gun stuck in his belt. I was going up the ladder when the shooting started, and being a practical man, I stopped halfway up and ducked. After a moment, I looked up through the hatch, and there, standing in the moonlight, was a tall, thin man dressed in a white suit. He was holding a gun, pointed right at my head. Well, good evening. Who got killed? Your friend, Mr. Geller. And now it looks like your turn, Mr... Dollar. Johnny Dollar. How do you do? My name's Baker. Barton W. Baker. Friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a refreshing, delicious treat you can enjoy just about any time. Even when you're busy working, you can slip a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint in your mouth and enjoy that pleasant chewing. The lively, full-bodied spearmint flavor cools your mouth and freshens your taste. The good, smooth chewing helps relieve pent-up tension, gives you satisfaction. As a result, you seem to feel more relaxed and get more enjoyment out of what you're doing. So enjoy chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum while you work and at other times, too. Get a few packages next time you're at the store. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. And now, with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. tall, thin man in the white suit who called himself Baker came down the ladder into the cabin. He flipped on the lights again and stood facing me, a half-smile twisted on his lips. We said nothing. After a moment, another man appeared at the hatch and called down to the white suit. He's dead. What'll I do with him? Throw him in the ocean. Actually, I had no desire to kill Mr. Geller. But you forced yourself. Had he offered his cooperation, he would be alive this minute. Yeah, he's in the water, but those shots are sure to bring somebody. Then we must expedite matters as quickly as possible. Mr. Dollar, where is the tool kit? The tool kit? Oh, come, Mr. Dollar. The shooting has forced me to a tight schedule. 
I want to know what Geller did with the tools. Look, I don't know what you're talking about. Hank. Yes, sir. Now, wait a minute. Oh. As you can see, Mr. Dollar, I mean to have the information one way or another. Look. Yeah, I told... One moment, Hank. Mr. Dollar, I was prepared to offer the late Mr. Geller $5,000 for the tool kit. I'll make you the same offer. It's a good offer. But how can I give you something I don't know anything about? 10000 I don't know anything about a toolkit. You've been with Mr. Gillar? Sure. I can't believe you were discussing the weather. Oh, hardly. I'm an insurance investigator. I'm investigating Frank Meadows' murder. Can you prove it? Certainly. I... Oh. Something wrong? My wallet is in Gellar's pocket. Enough lying. I think Gellar sent for you and told you where he hid the toolkit. Look, I found Geller hiding on the boat. He pulled a gun on me and I... Time is too short, Hank. Now, look, I'm telling you to... Oh! Where is it? I don't know. Oh! The toolkit, Mr. Dollar. I don't know anything about it. Tool... <clears throat> Baker's handyman beat me until I was asleep, trying to make me give up the information Geller had passed on a few minutes before he was killed. I don't know how long I was out, but when I came to, I could hear breakers. I was lying on the beach looking up at the big moon and feeling my head throb as though it was stuck on the end of a drumstick. Well, I managed to sit up and look around. I had no idea where I was, but a long groove in the sand that stretched away from me showed clearly that I'd been dragged from the street several hundred feet behind me. I stumbled to my feet, and that's when I saw her. Walking along by the water, headed my way. Her soft blonde hair blowing in the casual breeze. She was barefoot and wearing white shorts and a terry cloth shirt. I guess it was a little cool for the black bathing suit. She stopped when she saw me. Oh, good evening. Hello. Mr. Dollar, you, you're bleeding. Yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. What are you doing out here? I'm waking up. What are you doing? Oh, I was just taking a walk. But your, your face, it's all bruised. How far is your house? Down the beach, about a mile. You think you could scare up some iodine? Yes. Come on. Oh. Still a little dizzy. Here. Put your arm around me. Better? Hmm. Much? I leaned on Mrs. Meadows while she steered me toward her house. Her hair smelled clean and fresh with just a touch of perfume. In the house, she found the iodine and touched up the sore spots. This will hurt. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, I'll make it. What in the world happened? You know a man named Baker? Baker? No. Runs around with a handyman named Hank. Oh, I've never heard of him. I found Dave Geller tonight. Where? On the J-Bell. On the J-Bell? Why would he go there? Best place to hide. Last place the police would look. Did he do this to you? Oh, no. Hank did. With Baker's blessings. But why? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. When I found Geller, he was hiding on the J-Bell. He pulled a gun on me. Then Baker and Hank showed up and it turned into a shooting match. Do you know anything about some kind of a tool kit? 
took it? I know it sounds silly, but Geller got killed for it, and I nearly took the same trip. Because of a toolkit? I don't see what... Before Geller got killed, he told me to go to Bernie's garage. Yeah, it's on Maple Street. He told me to tell Bernie that he sent me and to ask for the toolkit. I still don't understand what's so important about a toolkit. I don't know, but something is. Your husband was probably killed for the same reason. What are you going to do? Go over to Bernie's garage and take a look at this toolkit. Do me a favor. Certainly. Call Lieutenant Solomon and tell him where I've gone. Tell him to meet me there. All right. Oh, I haven't got a car. Still down at the landing. Use mine. I'll get you the keys. Thanks. I drove her car over to the garage on Maple Street, parked it, and got out. The garage was open, and the sign over the door read 24-hour service. I went in and found a mechanic stretched out on a bench, sound asleep. Hey. Hey. Come on, come on. Wake up. Okay, okay. I'm up. I'm awake. Guess I was really knocking it off. Where can I find Bernie? You just woke him up. Dave Geller sent me over. That's all? Yeah. He said to pick up the toolkit. He did, eh? Yeah, he did. Now, where's the toolkit? How do I know Dave sent you? Because I said he did. Something so important about a toolkit? Heck no. But when Dave left it here, he said be sure and don't give it to no one except him. I can't just hand it over to you because you tell me Dave sent you. You better have Dave call me. He'd have a hard time talking with his mouth full of water. What you mean? He was killed and dumped in the bay. Now, Lieutenant Solomon will be here in a few minutes, so wheel out that toolkit. Dave was killed? That's right. First Frank, and then... The toolkit, huh? Well, what's the matter? You a cop? No, I'm not a cop. Then I'm sorry. I'm an insurance investigator. I'm investigating two murders, Frank Meadows and Dave Geller. Insurance investigator? Well, that's kind of like a cop, ain't it? Everything but the feet. You got any identification? Now, look, are you going to get that tool kit, or do I have okay, to... Okay, okay, no, 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 you don't have to get rough. I'll get it, I'll... It looks like somebody got kind of rough with you. Yeah, kind of. I got it stored in the parts department. How come you're so interested in a bunch of tools? Have you seen them? Oh, boxes locked tight. There it is. Just a plain old toolkit. Yeah. You got something I can bust this lock? Oh, with? no, wait a, a crowbar minute. crowbar or something. Well, maybe we better wait for Lieutenant Solomon. If you ain't got a key, I... Will you I... get me that crowbar? Well, okay. Okay, but it's against my principles. If Dave wanted you to pick up the kid, he, he should have called. He's dead. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know who killed him? A man named Baker. Uh, here's your bar. Thanks. Baker. Baker? Never heard of him. Oh, hey, I, I got a customer. Might be Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Ah. I lifted the lid and looked in. I couldn't have been more surprised. 
Because there in the box was exactly what I didn't expect to find. Tools. About 50 of them. All sizes, brand new. All the tools were painted black. But on the handle of a large wrench, there was a small space that had been scraped down to the metal. I picked the wrench up and looked at it more closely. Took out a pocket knife and scraped some shavings from the metal. I stood up and held the shavings under the light. And then I understood a whole lot of things. The shavings were solid platinum. Hey, mister, you got visitors. We meet again, Mr. Dollar. It was Barton W. Baker, complete with white suit, gun, and bodyguard. He looked at the platinum wrench I held in my hand, smiled, and moved slowly across the room toward me. I, I couldn't help it, mister. They held a gun on me and made me take him back here. Shut up. Take the old man out into the garage, Hank, and guard him until I'm finished with Mr. Dollar. Yes, sir. Honest, mister. I'm Go sorry. Go on, old man. Go on. Well, Mr. Dollar, you were lying to us. I thought so. That's why you let me live. So I'd lead you here. Precisely. The tools are platinum. Of course. But you knew that. Uh-huh. Geller just told me where to find them. I had no idea what they were. Well, I'm afraid your curiosity will be short-lived. I kind of thought that was the way it was. You killed Frank Meadows because he discovered the secret of the tools. Yes. If he had simply picked me up and landed me as he was paid to do, I... I take it you're an alien, Mr. Baker? Correct. Would I know your government, Mr. Baker? Unless you happen to be deaf, dumb, and blind. Now, if you'll just proceed with me back to the garage... Uh, one more question. Yes? How did Dave Geller get hold of the kit? He and Meadows were offered a large sum of money for picking me up on the other side of the border. Aboard the boat, Geller grew suspicious of the kit, and knowing that I could not possibly notify the authorities of its theft, he forced me at gunpoint to go ashore and leave the kit with him. Fortunately, I got to a phone and notified our operatives in Los Angeles. They met the boat when it docked. And killed Meadows, but Geller escaped. Correct. Now, Mr. Dollar, I'm in a great hurry. Mr. Baker! And I... Well, I missed another shooting, but so did Baker, for that matter. When Hank yelled, Baker turned just enough to give me a chance to swing the heavy platinum wrench. What's it all about, Dollar? I thought you'd never get here, Lieutenant. Mrs. Meadows called and said to get right over. You know something? I think you owe her an apology. Okay, so she'll get an apology after you tell me who the guy on the floor is and who the guy was I had to kill in the garage. Here. Have a platinum wrench. A what? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Baker is going to have one very expensive headache. On the way over to my motel, I explained the events to Solomon, who did a little mumbling and shaking himself. Then, after a fresh shower and a change of clothes, I went over to Mrs. Meadows and expressed my most heartfelt thanks. Expense account item three, $176.85. Motel bill and expenses for the next two days while I hung around Newport resting up. I saw Mrs. Meadows a few times before I left, but for some reason I didn't get much of a tan. Expense account items five and six, $225 car rental, plane fare and incidentals back to Hartford. Expense account total, $604.15. 
Oh, yes. Barton Baker comes up for trial on illegal entry, smuggling, and three counts of espionage. I hope he enjoys his stay in the USA. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a refreshing, delicious treat you can enjoy just about any time. Chew a few sticks of Wrigley's Spearmint during the day and see how the good chewing helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. The lively, full-bodied flavor of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum cools your mouth, freshens your taste, and sweetens your breath. The chewing itself gives you a nice little boost, helps you keep going at your best. Millions of people get real chewing enjoyment out of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. And we know that you'll enjoy it, too. Get a few packages and always keep some handy. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, stars John Lund in the title role and was written by Blake Edwards with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were Frank Nelson, Jim Nusser, Mary Lansing, Clayton Post, Edgar Barrier, and Junius Matthews. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is transcribed by Jaime Del Valle. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. This is Charles Lyon, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time when, from Hollywood, John Lund returns as... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, very nice to have Blake Edwards back. There were some great lines in this one. My favorite was when Johnny was asked if insurance investigators typically carry guns. And uh, well, that was a good uh, line. It was unusual to have the title of the episode. I don't think it's unprecedented, but usually the title in terms of when it's a person is going to be something that's obvious like within the first, you know, couple minutes of the uh, episode. And so I was like, who is Barton Baker? Well, we did find out in the end or actually in the middle. But anyway, I'll Pretty good uh, episode. All right, well, now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. And uh, being the first Friday in June, we are celebrating a Patreon supporter who has been supporting the podcast for five years now. Thank you to Kelly, currently supporting the program at the Master Detective level of $15 or more per month. Patreon supporter since June of 2017. Again, thanks so much for your support, Kelly. 
And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Friday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Join us back here tomorrow for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... One of your deputies coming up the road now. That isn't one of my boys. Why'd they let him in? I don't know. Hey, you! Yeah? How'd you get in here? I come to help my sister. Who is your sister? Marge, Frager's wife. He was my brother-in-law. That's why the deputies let me through. All right. Your sister's sitting in the car back there. Reckon she does need somebody with her at that. Thanks. Uh, Wait a minute. Yeah, Ranger? Walk along the edge of the road. Stay out of the tire tracks. Why? Because we're asking you to. Isn't that good enough? Well, I only ask you for a reason, that's all. What's your name? Orville James. You work with your brother-in-law? Well, yeah, sure. Out at the plant. Not in the same department, though. How'd you know your brother-in-law had been killed? I didn't know. Until I saw your deputies down by the road, and they told me. Isn't the aircraft plant working today? Yeah, sure it is. It's on the other side of town. What brought you out here now? I got a lift out during lunch to see my sister. That'd just about take your whole lunch hour. And more if you didn't catch a ride back right away. You make a habit of hitchhiking out here on your lunch hour? No, of course I don't. And why'd you do it today? What are you asking me all this for? You're trying to pin something on me? Reckon that's going to depend on how you answer. Come on, talk up. Well, I... I just... Well, I wanted to ask her about my mother. I knew that she'd been up home, see, and I wanted to find out how my mother was. I see. Your mother been sick? Yeah. No, no, she, she's been all right, I reckon. And why the rush to get out here this afternoon? Why not tonight, after work? Because I wanted to come, that's all. Anything else? I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.